Who knows what Jay-Z, J.K. Rowling, Bill Gates and Oprah Winfrey all have in common? Okay, I will tell you then. They have all overcome failure in one shape or form to go on to gain success in their respective careers. Welcome to My Perfect Failure. Join us as we delve into the world of our perfect failures. We will interview, explore, and discuss how our perfect failures can lead us to success. Join us and tune in. So welcome everybody to another episode of My Perfect Failure. Today, we are privileged to have a fantastic guest. So today's guest is a dynamic public speaker. He's the host of a very popular consumer podcast called Savings Podcast. He's also a weekly syndicated columnist for nine newspapers with more than 1.1 million readers. He's also on a number of radio stations and regularly appears on more than 75 TV stations across the United States. All told, he has appeared in radio, TV, digital news, print more than 2,000 times. I think it's more than that now. This media dominance has led to more than $6 million in revenue. I think that number might be higher now. This is the mind-boggling bit with less than $500 invested in advertising, which is crazy. So a very warm welcome to our fantastic guest, Josh Elledge. Oh, thank you. Well, that's, that's kind of, you didn't have to say all that, but thank you. Well, the thing is, I, I had to condense it. <laughs> I had to condense it. Thank you. You're a busy guy. So, um, so yeah. So, yeah, really excited to have you on the podcast. And um, I've followed you and I've, I've sort of part of the research. And I'm just captured by your energy and your story. And it's, it's fabulous. So it's really great to have you on a podcast. And um, some of the viewers or listeners even may be familiar with you from some of, your, some of the podcasts that you've put out. But if you're not, you're in for a treat. Okay, so Josh, what would be great is if you can maybe tell myself and the audience a little bit about Josh, who you are and your fabulous story to date. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I'll give you the highlights. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the fabulous parts of it, and uh, the the mundane. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll I, I won't include there's, that. There's, part of the there's story. definitely, there's definitely no mundane with you. And just, <laughs> and just to give the the um, the listeners um, a little bit of background, I guess this podcast, you know, is called Up Your Influence with Joss Elledge, and you know, he's the, a front runner in that field so everybody you know this is the day of up up in our influence we're we're in that sort of moment so we're going to get a little bit into that mm-hmm. yeah yeah for sure uh you know so straight out of high school i joined the united states navy and uh, just simply because i you know grew up um you know uh, working class you know looking at college i just just didn't see a path where where I could make that work uh, in the U.S. here, and so uh, served our country um, for five years. I was actually a Navy journalist and uh, broadcast journalist at that. So I got to do TV journalism for three years, and then my last year in the Navy, I was actually a morning show DJ. That was my military job. Is I actually got to do radio for a year, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, and, um, you know, if you recall the movie, uh, good morning, Vietnam with Robin Williams, so he plays a character named Adrian Cronow, which is a real man, real person. And I actually okay. met him and, uh, he actually really inspired, uh, my life because 
he was really big and he'll be the first to tell you he's he's passed now but you know he, he would you know he'll be the he would have been the first to tell you that you know he's not nearly as entertaining as robin williams or funny but <laughs> the, the basic idea is that you know when you have a platform yeah. you have an obligation to serve that audience mm. and the better that you advocate for that audience uh i think you know, the, the more that people are going to appreciate that. And, and so obviously, you know, he got in big trouble because he, he violated his traditional chain of command. Uh, but he recognized that his real chain of command was his obligation to be honest with, with his audience. And, uh, so yeah, it, it, and, and that really, I really took that to heart. And so even though I wasn't necessarily very good at what I did when I was a kid, um, in the military, uh, you know, I, it, it gave me a lot of, confidence that at least I could do these things. Yeah. And uh, so from there, I went to college uh, to become a family. I wanted to become a marriage and family therapist because I wanted to be a love doctor on the radio. So people <laughs> would call and I would give them dating, dating and relating advice. <laughs> and uh, so you, you can imagine that, that could be a full-time job because there's so many relationships need that that type of support you know whatever stays they are in their relationship so you know my wife uh and we're going to actually celebrate our 25th uh wedding anniversary in four in in one month and four days from now uh as of when we're recording this uh she's actually a licensed marriage and family therapist so really really okay okay you guys have got like um a head start then because she's got all the knowledge or those knowledge sort of uh basis but round of applause congratulations yeah yeah for sure yeah thank you on the on the 25 years yeah she well she's pretty amazing so yeah. uh and you know even though we both studied family science and you know kind of an, our undergrad um you know it is actually pretty helpful because you learn how to communicate you know i think we you know it's not that we don't disagree and definitely not mm. that we don't have heated disagreements from time to time but i think that we're more efficient at like recognizing like when we're okay, we're getting into a loop or we're just not being effective with one yeah. another. We're not listening to, you know, every, at the end of the day, like everybody wants to be heard. Everybody wants to be yeah. listened to. Everyone wants to feel validated that their feelings matter. And so I think, you know, if there's one tip that I could share, it's just that's so critical to let the other person know, even if you really disagree with what they're saying, please mm. at least validate what they're saying and and let them know that you're listening, not that you're just waiting for them to stop talking so you can share your opinion on things. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that's been really helpful. Um so but I I you know along the way I actually started uh, learning internet development, um website development. And this was back in the uh late 90s. And so if you could design websites back then, I mean yeah, you, you could yeah. write your own ticket. There were a yeah, lot of opportunities. I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, worked in corporate America, had an internet uh, internet developer job for a little while, uh, and then um, you know recognized that I'm just not a very good employee. Uh, you know, through high school and even a little bit while I was in the military, I always had little side businesses. Um, so that then began, Paul, my series of businesses that I would be at the helm of, and I got to tell you that some of them I failed at. And some of them I failed rather spectacularly at. Yeah. Um, to the to the tune where, uh, you know, we lost a home to bankruptcy or foreclosure, uh, went through personal bankruptcy, lost another home in a short sale. But eventually, my seventh business venture 
we ended up turning that into a seven-figure-a-year company. And I did that in over $6 million wow. in revenue with next to $0 spent in advertising. Everything I did was all about serving audiences and giving value and teaching them, you know, giving them a lot of stuff for free and then earning that, they're earning that relationship. And I feel that every relationship does need to be earned. And if we are on the side of business where we would like more relationships, then the way to earn that is you've got to serve, you got to give, you got to be much yeah. more generous than you currently are. If everything for you is all about these paywalls and you know opt-ins and, and tricking people into blah, 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 um, I, I just don't think you're being very respectful of your audience by doing that. And I think that uh, you know, if you make it insanely easy for people to engage with you and spend time with you, I think that that's what our goal should be these days because consumers today really just don't want to be sold to. Um, so if, if that's your persona um, of, you know, trying to convince people through just, you know, more hypnotic sales copy and email copy and, you know, whatever your thing is, and just all you got to do is just give the bet, you know, the, you know, a better sales script. Um, you, you likely have found that that's backfiring on you a little bit over the past couple of years. And that's because we're in the midst of the marketing apocalypse. And so what rules today is you just got to be frank and you just got to be, you know, give away what other people are charging money for. And, you know, or, you know, again, you know, get, get them, get folks to want to spend time with you and uh, more so than just advertising to get that attention, uh, truly earn that. Advertising, there's a saying that the founder of Geek Squad said that advertising is the tax you pay for being unremarkable. So our goal would be to become so remarkable based on our desire to be out on those stages as you were, you know, if you will, um, just doing good. Lots of very insightful points there. And just to go back a little bit. So you, you mentioned about you as a employee. So have you always had that sort of entrepreneurial spirit or gene that, that yeah. sort of chips away at you and just wants to get, gets frustrated maybe if you're in, if you're, if you feel constrained within a business? Yeah. You know, um, it, not only me, but, um, so my dad is a business owner, um, not always successful. Um, but that was really good for me to see, that people could fail in business, get back up, do all right. And my mom and dad have a great, you know, lifestyle business. Um, you know, be, aside, you know, in addition to that, my grandma, uh, my grandma owns a health food store in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and great lifestyle business, not always successful, sometimes a little bit harder than other times, but yeah. you know, she's, uh, you know, she, she's done, she's now getting on 90 years old, still goes into the business every single day, loves what she does. She gets to be in service to her clients. Uh, her dad owned uh, a, a general store. Uh, and then my great, great, dad, great, great granddaddy, here's an old timey name for you. Amos Elledge um, was a proprietor. <laughs> and that. in the early 1920s, if I, got, if I have my math right, um, sold blocks of ice. And that was wow. his business. And so he's a proprietor in an ice business. It's, you know, I looked at my, uh, the census records for that year. And, uh, and, you know, interestingly enough, though, he didn't always do that. He, as a matter of fact, 
sometime after that, I would imagine the advent of modern refrigeration probably killed the business. Um, But he went back and worked in a factory, you know, sometime after that. So, um, but at least, you know, it's just in my blood. Yeah, it sounds like it's in your DNA. And I'm sure it'd be interesting to see that run through to your children if you have children, because obviously from your from your grandparents to your your parents to you, yeah. it seems to be seems to be running a running theme. Just in terms of you mentioned that things sort of kicked into place yeah. on your seventh venture. So what I'm keen to know is how important have your failures been to you in just the learnings and just morphing your current businesses into the businesses that they are today? Yeah. So, so the biggest, and I'll tell you that the biggest thing, I, you know, one, one very notable failure was um, my fear that, uh, you know, of, of what my understanding was that sales was, you know, I used to believe that sales was about convincing people of stuff. You know, and yeah. that's, that's what salespeople did. You know, they yeah. just convinced you to buy something. And, uh, you know, so when that was my assumption, I was paralyzed by the fear of sales because I just didn't want to do that because I didn't want to get rejected and I didn't want people to reject mm-hmm. me personally. And, you know, so as a result, you know, one of my businesses, I'd say my biggest failure, I had a small town newspaper and because I was afraid of selling you know, I would try to outsource that at all costs. And I, you know, just ended up losing a lot of money. Uh, and, you know, my next position after that was actually in sales and marketing. I was doing marketing for a network of law firms. And, you know, I had a lot of direct sales that I had to do as a result of that. And, you know, if there's one thing that will help you overcome a fear of failure is go out and fail hundreds of times. And that's exactly what I did. Uh, And so what would happen is that, you know, I'd have, you know, maybe 20, 30 sales presentations a month and probably about 80, 85% of those people said no. And Mm -hmm. I still did it okay. Like I didn't die. Um, They didn't dislike me. Um, It was just not a fit for them. So, you know, a lot of that, you know, you know, as business owners, sometimes we take a lot of, pride in what we do. And, and we, it's hard for us to see the forest from the trees. And so sometimes when people reject the, the offer that we present, we're like, how can that be? Mm-hmm. Like if they only knew what I knew, well, nobody mm-hmm. knows what you know, and nobody has what you have. You, you know, if you're the founder, you know, you've got founder magic in what you do. And so you just have to trust that, you know, people, um, you know, the more time that you can get to have people spend time with you, you know, you know, maybe they can become more convinced to your way of thinking. Um, but it's it's really hard to get that attention these days because there's so many things that people can spend their time doing. And so therefore, um, you know, the more generous that we could be, the better. And what can you give away that people would say, that would absolutely say, yeah, I will totally do that. It's not just content. Yeah. It's like, you know, what can you give away in terms of like, services or products or, you know, what else can you give them? And that's, I really think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the race to become the most generous. It really is. And that's who will win today. That's that's interesting because, you know, it's sort of a pivot because a lot of, I say traditional, but a lot of the old school, like the Gordon Deco method of selling, where it's, 
you know, you've got to get that deal done at all cost. And actually you don't give anything away. You just do the deal and, you know, you do the deal and you walk away. But that model of actually serving is quite interesting. And I'm, I'm sure there's listeners that will be try. you know, maybe it's something that they're not aware of, but it's something that really they should put into whatever their service is. Would you recommend that? You talking about um, the the value of of giving into yeah. services? Yeah, I think I, I guess what I'm driving at is the idea of serving. So yeah. you know, if you if you've got a a business, then and you've obviously you'll have clientele that would be you know with you know your ideal customer. But the idea is to have a you know like a profit relationship with them. And actually, what how can you serve them best? Yeah. Are there free and maybe not even incentives, but things that you can give away that maybe they're not a huge cost to you, but you know, they're going to greatly benefit your customer, which in turn will hopefully, hopefully you're, you know, they develop some type of relationship or rapport with who you are, what your service is, what you stand for. And, you know, hopefully the relationship can sort of build from there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, there's a couple of things in there. Um, you know, number one is that you know, if you truly have a product or service uh, that has a huge return on investment for your client, and you know that it does, like it's going to be really easy for you to advocate for that solution for your audience. Like it's just not going to be that hard for you to do that. So if your product or service isn't quite there, you need to go back and retool that. Or how can you redesign your offer in a way so that you can provide that? You know, so for us, the main service that we offer today, and it's not for everybody. So, um, you know, it's really only for those who, you know, they have the budget for that sort of thing. But we build seven-figure B2B sales systems for our clients with zero paid ads. That's what we do. Now, when I designed the offer... And it took a little while to get to this point. We had to, you know, get enough data so that we could really back this up. But we charged $25,000 and that's a lot of money. However, that is contingent on us earning $50,000 for our client. So now what's really fun is that because I have a guarantee and because I've got skin in the game, when we work with the client, We don't have to take every client. And in fact, not every Mm. client is a good fit for us. So therefore, I no longer have sales calls. Every call that I have is a business development conversation. Does it make sense for us to do this? And, you know, and I tell you, it's really fun when you get to the point in business where you don't have to, you don't have to, you know, I've, listen, I've been in business where I didn't know how I was going to pay my heating bill that Friday. Mm. I know what that's like. It sucks. You know, what I would try to urge you to do as a business owner is if you get to the point where it's more about serving your clients and serving your audience, you will find that people will pick up on that and business will become much easier for you. And I got to tell you psychologically that when you wake up in the morning and your first thought is, who am I going to sell to today? That's a stressful, tough way of doing business. And I, listen, I've been there, I've done that, and I know what you're going through, okay? Yeah. But 
you got to tell your brain something else. You got to tell your brain that that's not what you're doing. Now you still get to lead in the relationships that will ultimately lead to engagements. And if you don't have enough conversions, it's very simple. You need to either talk to more people or you need to increase the value of your product. Because if you're talking to, you know, 20, 30 people a week, and you have a really phenomenal product that you feel passionately about, Paul, you will be wealthy. It's, it's, yeah. you, you, it's, it's yours to screw up at that point. It's just not that hard. And so sometimes it's just going to require you to be circulating more and more and more. And it's not going to happen overnight. You know, people aren't going to, uh, just because you put up a shingle, you know, and you say, I got a donut shop and I'm open for business. Yeah. That's no guarantee that people are going to come through your door to buy donuts from you. Okay. Instead, you know, it's kind of like the e-myth, right? Um, is that y- your number one job is to grow that business. Um, you should not be the one making the donuts unless you positively absolutely have to. Mm-hmm. You should be the one out selling donuts and building relationships and building awareness for, you know, an experience that you can't get anywhere else. And, and what is your unique selling proposition? What is it that, what's the experience that you provide people? And I'll tell you another thing, you know, and he kind of picked up on this again, is how can you design your products and services so that they truly give people what they want? Our clients, if they're hiring us to build their B2B sales system, they don't want a system. What they want is more revenue. So what I sell ultimately is more revenue based on how I design my offer. So that said, you know, you know, again, it's, you know, a lot of times, especially we'll look at our own websites and our sales messages and we focus too much on the how and people don't really care so much about the how Um, they want to know, can you deliver the results? You know, so on the media side, we've done a lot of, you know, we, we turn our clients into media celebrities and, you know, they, they kind of don't care how it gets done. You know, you go into a doctor and the doctor, you know, if the doctor says, well, listen, you know, we're going to slice open your knee. We're going to do this incision. We're going to do this, 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 and this. And then you're going to have a knee that works. You'd be like, okay, cool. Or they're going to say, we're going to hit your knee with this magic hammer and it's going to magically get better. And we guarantee it'll get better. It's kind of like, yeah. okay, I don't care. Yeah. I just want a working knee. You know, for me right now, like I'm sick of plantar fasciitis. <laughs> so if there's anyone who's listening and you know how to cure plantar fasciitis, I'm trying the things, <laughs> but it's been over a year now that I've, you know, I haven't been able to run like I used to. Really? Fingers crossed you'll be able to, to, to resolve that quickly. Or maybe there's somebody's listening that can, uh, can maybe drop you an email and, or maybe send you a video of, of how to cure that. Come find me on social media. I'm not hard to find. Uh, just <laughs> Google me, Josh Elledge, E-L-L, and then Edge, E-D-G-E. Come tag me, message me, and uh, let's chat. And you, you never know. There might be somebody that does actually know the cure. If anyone does hit you up, Josh, do let me know. <laughs> yeah, that's the beautiful thing about platforms is yeah. that, you know, it's – it's just, it's, it's such a great way to build connections mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and discover where relationship, where relationships go. You know, what yeah. is the greatest value I can bring to this person? Absolutely. Absolutely. Question I have is around, obviously you've got 
a great business, which I want to delve into a little bit in a second. But I'm curious to know about the people that that you work with. How important is it to have a good team of people that complement you and, you know, can tell you, you know, check you when you need to be checked and, yeah. and, and vice versa. So how, how important is it to have an effective team? Yeah. So this is the difference between, you know, I see a lot of struggling solopreneurs or entrepreneurs and they, they feel like they're just stagnating in business. It's because you're trying to do everything yourself. I, yeah. <laughs> you know, I surround myself with experts. And at the beginning, yeah. I really couldn't do that. I couldn't afford that. So what I would do is I would consume as much content as I possibly could and learn from experts like me who are willing to teach you for free. Uh, and then eventually you want to pay these people because of the return on investment that they can provide. Don't, don't, don't give your money to people that aren't going to give you a return on investment. Uh, but, you know, again, find people that you can, because if you, for example, if you give me $25,000, I'm going to help you get 50. <laughs> so yeah. that's an easy return on investment. I can't guarantee that it's going to be a fit. And you, you know, again, I'm looking mainly for people that have bigger ticket items because that's a lot easier to generate more revenue with than if you're selling like a $200 thing. Uh, uh, so, so that's, listen, I look at now with 30 some people, about 30 people on the team. Wow. I look at the, the <clears throat> percentage of overall total work that I do that I'm personally responsible for in a given day. And, you know, it's about one fifteenth, one tenth, one twentieth, somewhere in there. Um, you know, uh, you know, could I work more hours than, than most people on my team? Uh, but you know, I think of all of the good that up my influence is having right now because of, you know, if I look at like who's on the clock right this second, uh, you know, there's probably a good, you know, 15, 12 to 15 of them actively working while we're speaking. Yeah. They're all out doing up my influence stuff. They're talking yeah. with new guests. They're talking with new potential clients. They're serving those clients. A lot of people, you know, we have on the operation side fulfilling, you know, services for them. So because they're doing that, I've now amplified my impact by 10 to 20 X. So therefore we're doing more stuff so we can grow and scale faster because it's not just me that this company is dependent upon. It's dependent upon amazing people and systems uh, that they operate within. And she's, there are people on my team that are way better than I am at certain things. I don't have the patience for SEO, <laughs> but I've got people on my team that do yeah. and they they yeah. love doing it. I've got writers and I've got, you know, account managers and I've got, you know, I've got a bunch of podcasters that that now work with us. Uh and they're better than I am. And I love that. I want to surround myself with people that are better than I am. And the faster you can do that, the faster you can start growing and scaling your business. Uh, You know, and so in some cases, that means taking some big risks. It's like, I know you want that money, but if you double down and you invest it back in your business, then there's probably some ROI to be had from that. Yeah. Whereas if you're like, no, 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 I'm just going to cheap out and try to do everything I can on the cheap as cheaply as possible. And I'm going to try and do it all. 
Well, that's okay. Sometimes you might feel like you have to do that at the beginning, but that's just not going to translate to a lot of momentum if it's all based on, all on your shoulders. Yeah. So it can be a false economy if you think you have to do everything on your own. Oh gosh. Yeah. 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 No, I want to be in a position where I'm doing one one hundredth of the work around here. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't have to work as big, you know, as busy yeah. a schedule. I could just be down doing stuff like this. This is, yes. this is what I love. Well, I, well, I'm, you know, I'm so, so pleased. And I, I definitely encourage all the listeners to check you out on your social media and on YouTube and all the, and, and actually your podcast, you've got, you know, fantastic podcast. So you've got so much content out there, which is phenomenal. And I can, I'm just, um, that, you know, you mentioned that when you, you were, um, I think it was in the Marines and you got into radio and so forth, that that was, for me, that was quite a key moment because you seem a natural at this. So um, that key moment, I think, was uh, was definitely sort of the starting point for you doing all the wonderful stuff you're doing now. What I wanted to get into, actually, or just ask you a little bit around is Up Your Influence, how that came about. Mm-hmm. So Savings Angel, uh, you know, which launched in January 2007, uh, kind of did one of these numbers. It kind of really yeah. grew quickly uh, because what we would do is we'd help consumers cut their grocery bill in half. And we did that by leveraging manufacturer coupons, bringing them to certain retailers, and then you'd get your groceries for 70, 80% off. So people would give us 400, or I'm sorry, people would give us $20 a month and we would help them save $400 a month or more. It's a great product. I mean, obviously that makes a lot of sense. Amazing. Um, so, you know, in, I think it was 2011 was our biggest year and definitely a seven figure year. Um, and that was in the United States. The economy was, you know, starting to rebuild after 2008. So we, we launched it before a recession and this was a product that did very well in the recession. Now, extreme couponing came around and we really hit it big because people were looking for solutions that could help them Absolutely. you know get groceries for pennies on the dollar. We absolutely yeah. could. Um but then, you know, as the economy continued to improve, uh people lost interest in that and try as I might, you know, they just inter- you know the, the the consumers are speaking, you know, and consumers are always right. Uh and you are not smarter than the market. The market will tell you exactly what it wants and needs. And it's quite possible that years from now, um, the market might not want what I'm currently doing. So that's why it's really important for me to be talking with lots and lots and lots of people to find out what they want and need and how can I help them. And if you're not talking with those people and you're not talking with you know, 10 to 20 people every single week, I don't know if you really have your finger on the pulse of what consumers are after. So that's why you need to constantly be staying ahead and listening to what people are asking for, provide that. But anyway, it's kind of a, it's kind of a run up to explain what happened. So Savings that's Angel good, that's then- That's a very good point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Savings Angel started to, uh, started to lose money uh, mm. quickly. So we started going down, 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 down. Uh, thankfully, I was doing some consulting on the side and I was doing a lot of pro bono work. Uh, I was doing a lot of board, sitting on boards, workshops, mentoring, uh, a lot of um, veteran-owned, women-owned, minority-owned businesses in our local startup community. Um, and by virtue of just being out there and doing that work, um, helping uh, folks uh, you know, kind of build their authority, build their visibility, get in the media, that sort of thing. You know, I've been in the press over 2,000 times, 
So people are like, hey, here comes Wonder Boy. He's going <laughs> to, you know, he's going to help us, you know, get some, get some media. Uh, sure. You know, I was happy to do that and happy to do that free. Well, some of those clients wanted to pay me. Uh, and then uh, I started getting too busy for that and then realized that I really needed to start creating platforms and systems and bringing in other team members so that we could fulfill that work uh, on scale rather than just me just constantly trading time for dollars. Yeah. So that's that's where up my influence came from. And that's so we've been uh, doing that now for about five years. But it's interesting, Paul, because last year, 2019, I'd say about 99% of what we were doing, especially you know before October, was all about turning our clients into media celebrities. Today, it's about 5%. So really? it's that what, big of a shift. shift? Yeah. Shift? And what, what ended up happening is that clients were telling us what they wanted and needed. And what our clients wanted and needed was something that we actually happen to be really, really good at. And that's building sales systems. Now, just simply because we built it for ourselves and it worked really, really well. And we had one client in particular said, you know, thanks for all the media you've gotten me, but I know what you're doing on the sales stuff. Can you do that for me? And I said, sure, you know, we'll give it a shot. So she ended up doing six figures in sales in about 90 days time. And then she had wow. a client and we That's did the exact crazy. same thing. I'm like, I think we might have something here. And so sure enough, we started offering that to some of our other clients. They took us up on it. Success, 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 success. So, you know, you, you want to go to, you know, if the market's telling you, yeah, you know, you're known for this, but, mm. you know, surprise, surprise, you're actually really good at this. And I would think like sales, like that's, that's something that like millions of people are doing, but nobody's doing, no, you don't have to worry about, um, you don't want, you never want to get commoditized. You always want to be very specialized in what you do. And so what is your unique angle on that? Like, how can you do things in a way that nobody else is doing? Because if you could do that, then you could become the best in the world at that one thing. Now, yeah. for me, you know, what we do is we leverage the power of authority, platform, and generosity. And nobody does that that I've ever seen like we do it. And nobody as well in the world of, you know, sales systems will, will create an offer like what we do as well where we'll be like, oh, you don't need to add, but, you know, yeah, I'd love for you to charge me 25K, but I'll tell you what, we'll get paid when you get paid. Like yeah, that's, a, that's a great relationship. Like I said, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's not for everybody. Yeah. And it so doesn't just, need to be. You don't need to serve everybody. You yeah. just need to identify an audience and say, I'm going to serve these guys. Yeah, so it's knowing your audience. Just to get a handle on that. So the model flip, Working with your clients around their sales system, is that them understanding how, how to, obviously that now they've got the platform, now they're, they're, um, they've got that influence. Is it then them knowing how to monetize that, how to create something? What, what is that? So I'm just keen. I'm, I'm really interested to know what that is. Yeah. So um, listen, lead gen is the easiest thing in the world. That's not mm. hard. Like anyone can give you a list of a thousand websites and go, here you go, tiger, go get them. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. But that's not to say that, you know, you're going to make any money with that. Like mm. that's, that's, it's, we're in the internet. You could get a list put together of anyone. Like that's, you know, where marketers really screw this up and salespeople really screw this up is imagine, you know, good made, you know, good. There's so many 
dating metaphors are so appropriate for marketing and sales uh, in in, in so many different ways. You know, this is what most marketers do. Um, They swipe right on everybody. And then (laughs) what they do, uh, so they don't even, you know, and then with it, you know, hey, baby, let's get married. Hey, baby, (laughs) let's get married. Hey, baby, let's get married. That's what new, that's what today's salespeople do. Salespeople yeah. do, or sit through this hour-long webinar and then get my email drip campaign, and then you're going to want to marry me. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. you know. So today, you know, in the midst of the marketing apocalypse, especially in 2020, you know, yeah. COVID. Oh, oh my gosh! You talk about you know how that's impacted markets. Decision makers with successful companies are playing it very conservative right now with their mm. time and their investments. And Absolutely. so you need to know that. So yet, so many people are doing so much business with so many others. So what's going on? Well, we do business with the people that we know, like, and trust, people that we have a relationship with, you know, people who we're like, we feel comfortable around. So Paul, you and I chatting for this length of time, like, I don't know what exactly you do for business, but if you were to say, Josh, let's chat sometime and see if it makes sense for us to work together, I'm going to say yes to that because we already have spent this time together. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't want to be rude. So, um, so <laughs> that should give you a clue, right? So yeah, we really leverage, there's a lot of stuff mm. you can leverage. We happen to believe that using a podcast to build a relationship authentically with people is what you really want to spend your time doing. And is there a way that you can do that with way more people than Mm. most podcasters who are doing a weekly podcast? Uh, You know, I do seven to 10 interviews a week and we're getting ready to add, we're going to be a two to three time a day podcast, the Thoughtful Entrepreneur. And so can you repeat that? So how many you you do a week again? I do seven to 10 episodes a week. Wow. I don't well, yeah, it's, but it's like, you know, it, it's, it's like saying like, that sounds like a big feat if you've never done it, but yeah. then it's like, well, what else are you doing all week long? Why wouldn't you do that? Why mm. wouldn't you talk with more people that you could build a relationship with that you could p- potentially do some great business with? And so, um, now that's, uh, so if I'm doing, you know, short podcasts, so under 30 minutes, so it's, let's say it's 10, 30 minutes each, that's, five hours out of my whole work week. Yeah. I have a, you know, 50 hour work week. That's only one tenth of my mm. time. So why wouldn't I, I'm not doing the editing. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I have someone else doing a pre-interview as well. So I can show up and I'm ready for game time and I'm there to serve. Now that's, but that's the idea. Yeah. Cause I guess what I was going to say, you've got a streamlined system. So actually when you come in like for this, you're just mm-hmm. good because, you know, the, the pre-work has been done by one of your colleagues. Yeah. You can come in and, and, and really provide, the, the, you know, the knowledge, the insights, which I want, the listeners want. And then obviously you've got a wonderful team that can edit and then yes. you've got a wonderful product. Listen, for a leader in any business, please remember this, right? You should only be doing what only you can do. Mm. And anything else that someone else could be trained to do even I know you're probably the best in the world at that one thing. Like nobody can update your social media graphics like you can, but come on, that's an $8 an hour job. If you hire overseas, like yeah. why on earth are you still doing that? Yeah. I know the $8 an hour designer 
is not as good as you. That's okay. They can become as good as you if you keep training them, invest in them. And, but, but until you start getting those pieces in place, you'll never know because you're trying to do everything. So I, there's, there's things that I do. And you know, it has to do with um, strategic relationships, me being on stage. You know, nobody else can be the CEO of my influence right now. That's me. That's my job. That's my role. So um, I'm going to do what my other team members really can't do. And I'll let them do what they're really good at. Yeah. And actually what you do is, you know, crucially important because you're going out, you're the, you know, I guess the face, you're having the conversations, you're creating a platform, the vehicle, which actually, you know, scales the business and gives the business that sort of the leverage and the positioning that, that, yeah. that it ne- that it needs. And those guys, you know, I guess as from a car, they're the engine that, that gives you the fuel that you yeah. can keep on going. They make sure that you go to the right yeah. meetings, you're having the right discussions, all that type of thing. Yeah, they, they make me look good. <laughs> well, th- and th- so, th- like when you compliment and say, man, like you're pretty prolific. You got this stuff everywhere. I'm like, well, you know, that's, you know, I do what I do. And then the team does what they do. And it's, and, and that wasn't the way it was on day one, but you know, you yeah. build that one brick at a time. It must be great to reflect when you, you know, like in England, we have a cup of tea. I don't know what you do in uh, Florida, but you know, you sit down and have a cup of tea and you just reflect and think, actually, this is the journey that, that I've navigated. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I've got 30 people now started with, you know, not 30. And uh, now you've got a wonderful business. We're getting towards the end now. I know your time is coming to a close, but I just wanted to ask you, around COVID, if you have any advice businesses in this COVID climate, oh, yes. ways, ways that they can, you know, navigate it oh and, 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 and not be, obviously it's a, it's a really difficult time for lots of people, but obviously for us that have still got the opportunity to work and, yeah. and develop, you know, do you have any advice there? Yeah. Listen, major disruptions of the economy create huge opportunities for people who want to do well by doing good. If you can help consumers, if you can help your clients, if you can invest into those relationships, people will remember that. People need what you have to offer if you'll just listen to what people are asking for. So it was, you know, it was a very short time frame, Paul, between, I, I would say between February and May that our business completely flipped. And, you know, we went from, you know, where, you know, 90% of our revenue, 95% of our revenue was coming from PR services to now that's about 5%. And we're making more money now than we've ever made um, because we really, I set my, I took my ego, I put it on a shelf and I said, yeah, I, I know I'm the media guy. However, you know, I see an opportunity to do good right now. Facebook ads for a lot of industries are not, some are working really well. Some are just dead and gone. Mm. Like it just does not work. Um, Particularly if you're selling to business owners, it's pretty tough. It's pretty tough. Uh, If you made a lot of money um, by going to conferences and events, well, you kind of had a year off of that. Um, and you know, it's probably still going to be a number of months before that's ever going to, you know, that's going to come back. So what do you do in the meantime? So 
recognizing those those market forces and seeing the damage that's doing to a lot of businesses, you know, can you rise up and be a leader at this time? And so I, I firmly believe, Paul, that it's moments of crisis reveal who we are. And you, you know, one sobering question you can ask yourself, um, and there, there's a saying on that, by the way, it's time will uh, either uh, expose you or promote you. Um, <laughs> but, like but it's in these moments of crisis that I think we can step back and ask ourselves the question, how is this a reflection of my life? Anytime something goes down, something big, ask yourself that question. How is this a reflection of my life? And so if you showed up and you led and you helped and you served and you brought value to that situation, well, I should tell you probably something. If, however, you retreated in fear or you started blaming and just blaming everybody and everything, okay, I get it. Like it's, it's a scary time. Okay. However, you know, and, and I, I remember what, what, you know, February, you know, February, March yeah. or more March. Right. Um, I remember in March and, uh, you know, even something like, you know, putting on like five, seven pounds, it's like, you know, cause I was, a, I didn't adjust quickly enough. Now I think mm-hmm. most of us now, you know, we're, we're pretty well adjusted to our new way of living. Some, some businesses are still impacted and, you know, gosh, if you haven't pivoted to something else by now, um, the economy is not going to go back to the way it was. It's yeah. just not. Um, so events, if you're in the event industry, it's never going to be the way it was. It'll always be different for this generation. I think the next generation who hadn't, it's like people who went through the Great Depression, you know, um, it, you know, stuff like this, it, it lasts a long time. We're all going to be a little germaphobic. Uh, we are for the rest of our lives, this generation. Uh, and so how can you address that new way of living and being like, we're not going to be all running around shaking hands, even when there's no COVID, like it's just, it's going to impact us. So be, be a leader, stand up, serve, bring value. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. And I've got just a reoccurring question, Joss. I ask all my wonderful guests and you're a wonderful guest. Is uh, so if Josh could invite three people for dinner, who would Josh invite? Yeah, so uh, for sure, Lincoln. Um, and so you know, my biggest thing with him is you know, his is resilience. I worry a bit yeah. too much about sometimes what people think about me, and so uh, he's someone that dealt with a lot of criticism. In mm. fact, I'd, I'd probably pick uh, you know, great leaders that were criticized or condemned, um, you know. The man Jesus would probably be yeah. uh, a good guy to hang out with. <laughs> uh, I'm going to put him. So I've got Lincoln Jesus, and uh, oh, you know, let's let's pick someone with you know who was completely selfless. Uh, you know, maybe like a, a Mother Teresa. And okay, and man, that sounds like such kind of a cop out list. And I I know that's I, a list. That's I know. A... lame, 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 Josh. <laughs> But hey, it's my list. You pick your own list. (laughs) Exactly. Your list is your list. And uh, you get to to choose your own list. And then lastly, um, where can people find Josh? Well, I try to make it easy. Uh, So if you just go to www.upmyinfluence.com and in the lower hand corner, you'll find links to all of our socials. You'll find our podcast. I've got little videos everywhere. Yeah. 
that explain yeah. everything that we do. I teach for free. I give away, in fact, uh, you know, if you're doing six figures or more in business, I'd love to feature you as a guest on our podcast, The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. Go to the website, upmyinfluence.com, and you'll see at the bottom of the page where you can book to become a guest. If you're not quite making six figures in business, that's fine. Um, then, uh, you know, what I'd love to offer you is I'd love to help completely pro bono. Um, go to where it says like free video mini series, uh, and that's free. And then at the end of that, I'll explain our media influencer makeover. And we, prior to this year, we charged a lot of money for it. We, you know, with when COVID hit, we decided we're just going to give it away for free. It's $8,000 wow. value. Uh, and there's no tricks, no weird upgrade. You know, there's, we're not going to be selling you. Um, it's just value, value. I'm going to help you build your media kit, help you build a media brand, help you grow your authority by 10x. Uh, and, um, that's again, just, you'll see that at upmyinfluence.com. just click in for the uh, free video series and teach you for free, give you lots of free stuff. And, you know, if I can help get you to six figures and beyond, that'd be my thrill. That sounds fabulous. And just for, for clarity, obviously you're in the States, I'm in the UK, but you guys, you work with people globally. Does it matter where people are in the world? Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're primarily English speaking, but we have clients yep. that, uh, yeah, we've got English speaking clients in Germany and France and yep. UK for sure. Yeah. Oh, Australia, lots of folks in Australia. Um, oh, we'll even caught those Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Josh, it's been wonderful. So thank you so much for being a guest on My Perfect Failure. I feel that we, I feel that there's a more, I think there's another episode with us. So uh -huh. I hope, hopefully we can do another Hit subscribe, episode. hit subscribe. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll subscribe and hopefully we can do one in the future because I think we've just touched the surface of who Josh is and, yeah. and what you do. I know there's a huge, huge amount more. So thank you so much. And thank you everybody for listening to My Perfect Failure. You can check me out at www.myperfectfailure.com. Twitter is failure underscore perfect and Insta it's pads MPF. And um, please look out for future episodes of My Perfect Failure. Take care, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to My Perfect Failure podcast. Be sure to visit www.myperfectfailure.com. To join the conversation, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Look out for our next episode.